Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the Gospel of Luke, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, for this season of Advent, the Sunday School put together a, a package that included a number of things, and one of them was these conversation starters, and there's three categories of questions. Uh, one of them is a question about something God has blessed you with that you can be thankful for or something that you want to pray for. One is a question about Jesus, something to do with him. And one is a question about Christmas and the season of Christmas and things that happen. And uh, we've been doing these questions with our kids at the dinner table every day. Now, a few days ago, one of the questions of the three was, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Now, some of these questions are harder than others. This one was easier. And you can certainly think about what your answer to this question would be. Now, you may have already watched your favorite Christmas movie this season, or, you know, you still have a few days to watch it over and over again before Christmas comes. My answer was Elf, which is actually not my favorite Christmas movie, but I said it because our kids have seen it, uh, because it's one of our traditions. If you happen to watch my devotional thought from last week, we talked a little bit about uh, traditions. And one of our traditions is that while we're putting up the Christmas tree and decorating it, we have the movie Elf playing in the background. So this year we did this and the kids would know the movie and, and remember it. And so this was my answer. My actual favorite Christmas movie is one that our kids haven't seen and it's not appropriate for them anyway. And that is Love Actually. And it's probably in my top ten favorites of all time. Maybe even in my top five. Uh, I enjoy comedy. I enjoy love stories. And this movie really has a little bit of everything in it. Almost. But why should you care about Love Actually? Why am I even telling you any of this? Well, today is the fourth Sunday in Advent, and it's the Sunday of love. The beginning scene of love actually is a great setup for the movie because it talks about if you're ever feeling gloomy with the state of the world, think about the arrival gate at any airport, and for the movie it's Heathrow Airport, and how what you see there in the welcoming home, in the warm embraces of husbands and wives, mothers and daughters, fathers and sons. It's love. It's not hatred or greed or revenge. It's love. And the scene ends with this saying, if you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that love actually is all around. Now, where the movie falls short is that it's a Christmas movie, but it's not a Christmas movie about Jesus. The only mention he gets is uh, when a kid is given their part in the nativity play, and she tells her mom that she's a lobster. First lobster, actually. And the mom responds with, there was more than one lobster present at the birth of Jesus? To which the kid responds, duh. 
Oh, and Silent Night is played on a boombox while a guy confesses his undying love to a married woman using poster board. But that's it. So, there are much better Christmas movies that will tell you the reason for celebrating Christmas. Love actually is not a Jesus Christmas movie, but it is all about love. And I think that is something that we do see with the reason why we celebrate Christmas. Love. Love for each and every one of us is the reason Jesus was born. Now in the gospel reading, we saw the angel Gabriel visit Mary, and he told her that she would conceive in her womb and bear a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And we know that when the angel visits Joseph, the same thing is repeated, that you shall call his name Jesus. And here's where we find out the meaning of Jesus' name. For he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus means the Lord saves or Savior or God is my salvation. Now to anyone on the outside looking in, they might say, well, why do I need to be saved? Or why do I need to be saved from my sins? I mean, everyone makes mistakes once in a while, which is what we would call sin. What's the big deal? Well, if you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that sin actually is all around. It's in every single one of us, and it's something that we do every single day of our life, in our thoughts, in our words, and in our actions. We sin against others, and we sin against God. And while the world might want to downplay sin, and a movie like Love Actually might have just as much lust as it does love, and a movie like Love Actually might glorify adultery a little bit, or at least make us feel sorry for someone who can't get the girl of his dreams because she's married, the fact remains, sin is a big deal. And think about the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Think about what a trespass is. I mean, you've probably seen no trespassing signs before. And when you think about at what point you become a trespasser, it's when you cross that property line you're not supposed to be in. Right? Trespassing is crossing the line. Sin is crossing the line. God laid out his commands for us, the things that he wants us to do or not do. That's the line, if you will. And so when we do not obey him, we cross the line. And as these no trespassing signs tell you, those who think about trespassing will have certain consequences. We can look at the explanation of the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer to see what God says about our trespassing. In the what does this mean portion, it goes on to say, For we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. Some people like to think that our sins, our actions, don't have consequences. But they do. Our sin harms everyone. 
it leaves a trail of destruction wherever we go for those that we sin against, for God who we sin against, and for ourselves. No one remains unaffected because of our sin. And what we deserve is to be shot on sight for our trespasses, for our sins. We deserve punishment. Or as Romans tells us, we deserve death. But not just physical death, eternal death is what we deserve. It's hell. And this is a just punishment for us. God would be right in condemning every single one of us to hell. But he doesn't want to do that. I mean, today is all about love, and condemning people to hell doesn't seem like a very loving thing to do, right? So then what does God do? He sends an angel to a virgin to give her the message that she will conceive and bear a son, Jesus, who will save his people from their sins, who will save his people from punishment, from death, from hell. And in order to do that, Jesus had to bear our punishment. He had to take our death. He had to endure hell for us. And he did this through his sacrifice on the cross. Only there would his name be fully realized. Only there could he prove that he is the Savior, that salvation is found only in God. Only there on the cross could he make right all the wrong that we have done. Only there could he redeem, reconcile us to God. Only there could forgiveness for our trespasses be found in the sinless Son of God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And when Jesus said, it is finished, and breathed his last breath and gave up his spirit, he accomplished exactly that. The reason for his birth, the reason that he came down from heaven, was born of the virgin, suffered, and died. Salvation for all people. And his resurrection from the dead proved that his sacrifice did atone for the sins of the whole world. And that salvation is found only in him. For there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The life, death, and resurrection, all of this is wrapped up in the name Jesus. And in that first announcement to Mary, the greeting that the angel brought greatly troubled her because she didn't know the purpose and plan of it all. But when the angel spells out that she would conceive and give birth to Jesus and that he will be great and the son of the most high God, her response is, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She was all in no matter what that meant, and no matter how it would look. She was God's servant. And she was the first one, the only one, to have the gift of Christ wrapped up inside her. And when he was born, I don't know what it must have been like for Mary. And you don't see the word mentioned at all, but you can imagine that the first time that Mary wrapped baby Jesus in those swaddling cloths, and she looked at him, and he looked at her, that all they saw was love. Mary's love for her son, the promised Savior of the world, and Jesus' love for his mother, 
another dearly loved child of his who he was born to save. And the angels rejoiced and brought good news of great joy to the shepherds, and the shepherds stopped by to worship. And you can imagine any time that we hear that Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, that Mary is treasuring that hope, that joy, that peace, and that love that Jesus brings. The promise of a Savior that is being fulfilled in him. Now, she probably didn't know that holding that little baby in her arms, that many years later she would be standing at the cross watching her son die. But in all of the treasuring and all of the pondering, you can imagine there at the foot of the cross, she knew that Jesus had to do it because of his great love for her to redeem her and because of his great love for the whole world, to redeem every single one of us, to be our Savior. And that hope, joy, peace, and love was certainly present when she saw him resurrected from the dead. And even though Jesus has ascended into heaven, his presence is still with us, and he will never leave us or forsake us. And his spirit is at work in us, giving us the gift of faith to believe in Jesus and his death and resurrection. And the journey for Jesus was prophesied immediately after Adam and Eve sinned, planned before the creation of the world, started in his conception, and is majestically announced at his birth on Christmas. And so wherever you are today, struggling with sin and temptation, struggling with sickness and disease, struggling with loneliness and depression, struggling with something everyone knows about or something nobody knows about. You are not alone. And I pray that the hope, peace, joy, and love of Christ that he has brought for you is seen by you and grabbed a hold of you, a hold, grabbed a hold by you by faith, today and always. And this Christmas, if you look for it, well, I don't have a sneaking feeling, I'm fully confident, you'll find that Jesus actually is all around. And that he loves you and he cares for you more than anything else in all creation. That's what we celebrate this Advent and in his coming at Christmas. Amen.